Welcome on in to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Winston-Lobel here with Dan and Tori for our first podcast of the winter sports season. First podcast of 2024. Dan, great to be back with you as we get going with hockey and basketball season. I'm very excited. Uh, I've been looking forward to uh, recording. I've been keeping notes of everything that's happened over the last, for some for some sports and some teams, the last month um, that we've been working on on previews and and kicking off the winter season. So I'm very excited to restart the podcast. Definitely great to be back. The, the timing was kind of weird because, you know, we had like a week and a half or so of a full schedule before the holidays. And then we would have we could have recorded one podcast and had two weeks off. So we figured may as well wait to get everything in now, which is what we're going to do. We have lots to talk about on this episode. Later in the show, I will be joined by Pembroke boys basketball coach Mike Donnell, who will talk about the Spartans' strong start to the year after finishing as the D2 runners-up last year, um, but also losing a lot of seniors off that team. So you'll hear a little bit more about why they've had so much success so far and what he's expecting from them moving forward. And Dan, let's start by talking about what Pembroke's done recently, uh, most notably the Spartans played on Tuesday against Bo and won 93-69, 93 points in 32 minutes of basketball. It's just a crazy number. It's almost three points a minute. Uh, so Pembroke is now 3-0 and on the season. Uh, uh, Joe Fitzgerald, one of Pembroke's senior captains, had 33 points in that game. Um, and and a couple other contributions from Devin Real and Evan Berkeley, 20 points, 19 points. So, Dan, it seems like, although there are some new faces that you'll hear Coach Nell talk about in a little bit, there's a lot of good players on this team still. Absolutely. Um, I saw them play in the Capital Classic, the third-place game against John Stark. Uh, Pembroke did very well in the tournament. Uh, big 60-point win over Bishop Brady in the opening round, and then uh, lost in overtime, a narrow 81-75, lost the Concord in the semifinals uh, before beating Stark in the third-place game. I think that was 70-56 to was the final of that one. Um a lot of different players saw time on the floor. Uh, Evan Berkeley missed a couple of games in that tournament um, due to an injury and, and did well netting 19 points last night. Uh, one of my favorite parts of, of the notes I had from coach Danelle after that game was uh, really his only comment was like, need to play better defense. Uh, so it, I, you know, they definitely have high expectations for themselves and and they're putting the work in. Um, you know, and I think that's a good attitude to have. You're, you know, you're putting up 93, um, you know, points in a win, but you know, you can't, you know, you can't let other teams put up that many, that many either. You're not going to get 93 points a game a night. Those shots are not always going to fall. They did last night. They did a lot during the tournament, but they will not on every single night. Um, so I think that's definitely the right attitude to have. Um, but I was very impressed with Pembroke when I saw them at the, at the tournament. Um, I thought that Pembroke's game with John Stark and the boys third place game was probably the best of the four games that I saw that day. Um, you know, like as far as overall basketball skill goes, um, but Pembroke looks very good. Um, Joe Fitzgerald named to that all tournament team. Um, yeah, I've been very impressed with the, with the Spartans so far. Um, and they've played some good, you know, they've played good teams 
so far as well. Um, I mean, it's only three games. It's only three games into the schedule. Um, but Bo is a is a good team, and then they've also beaten they've also beaten Merrimack Valley. Um, you know that that usually is good for a, a playoff run. Um, and then a win over Lebanon as well. So, uh, very bullish on the the Spartans so far, even though it's uh, still early in the season. And and the thing you'll notice when you look at Pembroke is they're not a very big team, but they have a lot of kids that are really athletic. And I think that's what coach Danell had said before the season, when we did the preview about Pembroke, that they don't have as much size as they had last year, but what they lost in size, they've gained in athletic ability. And you see that. And I talked to coach about that as well, just the shooting ability, uh, the ability for guys to get open. Um, this is a really good team. They have a big early test Friday night, January 5th, hosting Pelham, the team that beat Pembroke in the D2 championship last March. A lot of different guys on this Pembroke team, so maybe not a full-on revenge game, but still a good early barometer for Pembroke to see where it matches up against a team that seems to be you know, pretty widely anticipated uh, as a favorite for the D2 championship yet again. So Pembroke 3-0, big test against fellow unbeaten Pelham Friday night. Mentioned Bo, the Falcons fell the two and two after that loss to Pembroke and will play at Kingswood on Friday night. And speaking of Kingswood, that's a team that Cole Brown beat on Wednesday in Northwood, 56-39. Bears are now three and one on the season. Quinn Salter led Cole Brown with 14 points and Connor Bagnell had eight uh, he only had two for the first three quarters, knocked down two big three-pointers late to put that game away for Cole Brown. It was very interesting, Dan, watching Cole Brown for the first time this year because it was, I saw them play a couple times last year. And the thing that was pretty consistent with them last season was they would always get off to a really fast start in the first quarter. And yesterday they scored like 20 points in the first quarter as well. And this year's team is very different than last year. They lost four starters, but the style of play was pretty similar. Fast start, play solid defense. Uh, the big glaring thing that, that coach Dave Smith mentioned afterwards was just wanting to see a little bit more polish on offense. He, you know, he said that they want to play fast, but there's a fine line between playing fast and rushing. And he felt like too often his guys were rushing uh, the offense instead of just playing with good pace. So it's mm -hmm. a younger team, but kind of like you mentioned with MV, always good for a playoff run. Cole Brown, another team with a coach in Dave Smith who's been doing this for a very, very, very long time. Uh, he knows how to connect with the kids and and see steady progress throughout the year. So I think Cole Brown certainly certainly another team to keep our eye on as we hit uh, the the main point of the season. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're always up there. Um, you know, very, a very consistent, a very consistent team. And, uh, you know, also a lot of contributors from, from Co Brown um, as well, usually Connor Bagnell, sort of the, the guy leading the charge in terms of points. Um, but there's, there's plenty of other players who contribute regularly for them as well. Um, so I, I, you know, I like, I like Co Brown's chances as well. So the Bears also have a, a good test coming up on Friday playing at Hanover. Hanover 4-1 and one this season. So again, a good chance for both those teams to kind of measure up where they are in the first week of January. Also in Division Two, John Stark beat Lebanon 56-44 on Tuesday to improve to 2-3 and three on the season. 2-3 and three may not sound spectacular, but 
the generals have now doubled their win total from last year when they went one and 17. Dan, you got a chance to see John Stark play uh, Pembroke in the capital classic. I'm curious what you kind of saw from them and, and what, what makes them better than last year? Uh, you know, I didn't, I don't think I saw them play last year, um, but I was very impressed with how they did against Pembroke. Um, they were, they were even with Pembroke uh, for, for a lot of that game at the beginning, Pembroke, uh, John Stark scored the first bucket. Pembroke went on a 15 nothing run um, to make it 15 to two. And then uh, Stark had pulled within one point at halftime. Um, and it was pretty close until the fourth quarter when uh, Pembroke started just sinking more shots. And um, but John Stark, I, I loved watching them play. They're they're just such a scrappy team defensively. Uh, very, you know, a lot of athletic kids, a lot of kids who um, you know, names like Donnie White and, and, and Joey Dykstra names that we've heard from, from football um, and other sports at John Stark. And those guys were all over the place. I was so impressed just with the hustle and the grit and really what separated Pembroke in the end is, you know, Pembroke just a little bit more polished um, with their sets, just better, better shooting the ball. I think Pem I, I get the sense that Pembroke has more, you know, basketball players specifically whereas john stark has more just athletes like just kids who are really athletic and and want to play but i was really impressed with uh you know john stark's hustle and you know their hustle and their athleticism you know um you know it kept him in the game for a really long time and they were missing their their leading score as well logan montgomery their top uh, scorer did not play um but they also you know they were able to put some some plays together they were able to create turnovers uh it was really fun watching them play um and i think you know we've seen what john stark has done with rebuilding a lot of their other sports programs and i think just that you know just having players willing to put in the work and that you know that grit that hustle that you know in high school that gets you a long way um so uh i'm i'm i know i've said this about every team we've we've talked about but i, I am feeling uh, positive for uh for john stark's outlook and and would be interested to see how they do you know later on in the season once they get a little more experience under their belt i mean there's a lot of good area d2 teams so no reason to uh not not expect some some wins and you mentioned grit can't talk about grit without talking about merrimack valley as well um the pride beat Bishop Brady on Tuesday, 61, 27. They're also two and three play at Hollis Brookline Friday and envy a team that, you know, I saw in the season opener against Pembroke and they didn't look great. They had a lot of new guys on the floor. Tim Mutrid said after the, the game that, you know, most of those guys had not really played varsity. So they're still kind of adjusting to the increased speed and all those things that you do have to get used to when you're playing at that level. Um, but it seems like they have, uh, progressed in the in the last month or so uh, played Concord in the Capital Classic Championship didn't win but you know going head-to-head uh, -head with a D1 team like that has to give you some confidence as well as you as you move forward in the season yeah I was very impressed with Merrimack Valley starters um, I think what what you know did it in the in the championship game of the Capital Classic was Concord was just able to go deeper into their bench they were able to get you know rotate more players in um who, you know, some of them just had a really hot night shooting. Um, and MV, you know, was was really relying on the same like five or six kids uh for most of the night. Uh they have some star I don't think 
all their starters left the floor. I think they had a couple of kids who might've played all 32 minutes. Um, so just didn't have that, that depth on the, on the bench, but, you know, definitely some good players. And I think once the rest of the team gets that experience, um, I think they definitely have the pieces to, to put together some solid performances. And then finally division two, uh, Bishop Brady, which is 0-4, has had a rough start to the year, plays Oyster River Friday. Uh, the Giants have been outscored by an average of 38.5 points per game. So we kind of knew it would be a rebuilding year for the Giants, and it has not uh, been a great start for them. It's also been a rough start for Concord, uh, which fell to 0-5 in Division One after losing to Keene 68-51 this Tuesday, playing at Spalding on Friday. Um, you know, Dan, you got to see Concord win the Capital Classic. You thought maybe after an 0-4 start, that could maybe galvanize them into some success in the regular season, but did not pan out that way Tuesday. And, and this is a team that, you know, was in a tough spot coming to the year. Ali Bahuma, the starting point guard, injured himself in football season, will miss all of basketball season as well. So when you take a team that was already going to be rebuilding and remove their point guard, you're really going to be in a tough spot. But we also saw this team come, you know, within a game of making the playoffs last year. And, and Coach Latora said to us at the beginning of the season that he wants his guys to expect to make the playoffs this year. He doesn't want them to be surprised when they're in, if they're in contention for a playoff spot. But they're a long ways away from being in contention right now at zero and five. Yeah, they they had some uh, very athletic players. Um, it, it was a it was a fun game to watch. Um, I don't know if it's Allen or Elaine. Twite, I th I think Alan. I'm not I'm not positive. We just write the names. You don't have to say them very often unless you're on the podcast. You normally just have to know how to spell them. But Twite had a dunk uh in the the championship game that that brought the crowd to its feet. It was a really fun uh really fun moment. I kind of got the sense just you know looking at the seeing the stats and and seeing the write ups that Coach Latora sends in that on any given night they have maybe some different players taking the lead. I don't necessarily have a good sense of just looking at that information if they have you know a set a set group um you know against uh Merrimack Valley in the championship game you know Brett Tuttle you know didn't play very much and he scored you know 19 points in in the overtime win over um uh over Pembroke uh Jaffet Nduayo same thing he scored 36 points in the semifinal win over Pembroke and, and he played a decent amount, um, but, but not as much um, in, in the game against Merrimack Valley. So I definitely got the sense that Concord is still trying different combinations and, and some different um, and some different, you know, players together um, to see, you know, what works, what works best for them. So, and they definitely have athletic kids. They definitely have good players. Um, Logan Perkins connected on four three pointers and and was really sharp um, from long range. So uh, you know he and Dwyer made the all tournament team. Twite was the tournament MVP. Um, so I think they definitely have the, the pieces. It's just kind of putting them together into the right uh, into the right spots, and and we'll see if that uh, materializes at all um, in the next couple of weeks. So rounding out our. Boys basketball conversation. Also want to mention Hopkinton. The Hawks improved to three and three after beating Hillsborough during 71 to 13 on Wednesday. That's another team that's lost some key pieces from a deep playoff run last year. Hopkinton went to the final four, um, but still should be a pretty good team. And Hillsborough during, although they did lose on Wednesday to Hopkinton, 
are one and five won their first game since February 9th of 2022. So maybe things looking in a more positive direction there as well. Let's talk some girls basketball. I was at Bo on Tuesday when Pembroke beat the Falcons 42-35. Spartans are now 4-0. Falcons are 2-2. I think this game, Dan, was noteworthy for a couple of reasons. One being that Pembroke and Bo played three times last year, and Bo won all three games. And you know, this year both teams look a little bit different. Bo especially lost several key contributors from last year's uh, runner-up team. Um, but seems like Pembroke, one of the teams to beat in Division Two right now. Yeah, I was very impressed with Pembroke um, in the in the girls' third place game at the Capital Classic. Uh, Annalise Dexter scored her one thousandth career point in that one. Um, part of I think she had thirty four points. I want to say maybe in that she needed nineteen entering the game, and I think she scored thirty four. Um, to, to clear to clear a thousand points so she just did a great job shooting the ball um but was also really impressed by a lot of the players around her um Kaylin Arnella uh who who led uh Pembroke scoring against Bo she had a couple of key shots um Kate Stevens I was really impressed with she forced some turnovers and had some key buckets um uh, uh i'm forgetting her name a freshman on the pembroke team she was really good i was very impressed with her uh, and phillips and phillips a freshman guard for pembroke i was really impressed with she did very well um just did a lot of the little things you know had some steals and and scored some key baskets later in the game and was just playing very well defensively so um i think when you know you have that go-to player who can score you know, points in droves for you, but then you've also got a lot of, you know, good role players, um, you know, ar around you to, you know, do a lot of other things on the court. I think that's a, you know, a really good sign. And John Stark girls are also a very good team as well. So it was a tough, it was a tough uh, matchup for them. Um, but, you know, definitely I, you know, just kind of seeing the body language and just kind of hearing, you know, what I could hear from, you know, from my spot at, at the scores table at the tournament, you know, Pembroke's a team that's bought in, you know, they've, they've bought in and, and they know what they're doing and um, you know, they're all on the same page. Um, so I was very impressed uh, watching Pembroke girls play. And then Bo uh, mentioned they were D2 runners up last year. They have a new coach this year, Cassidy Emerson, who played basketball at Concord high school and then at Plymouth state. Um, so she's coaching the Falcons. And one of the things that I had talked about with her after the loss on Tuesday was that Bo really struggled offensively, in particular, finishing shots close to the basket. They would get in position to make layups and other, you know, higher percentage shots, but just couldn't finish. So she's uh, talked about how they're going to be working very hard on just building confidence and building aggressiveness um, when they're in those positions down low, because that's an area that you need to be able to score at a pretty high percentage at if you want to have success uh, and score more than 35 points. So Bo will host Kingswood on Friday. Spartans play at Pelham on Friday as well. And we will see both these teams match up at least one more time this season. Merrimack Valley, meanwhile, after starting the year 0-2, has now won three games in a row, including a 48-40 win on Tuesday over Bishop Brady. MV plays at Derryfield Friday, and they were the runners-up in the Capital Classic as well. Kayla Smith was named to the all-tournament team there. And the Giants are now 0-5, but contrary to the boys, the girls have played 
more uh, closer games. Uh, three of the five losses have come by 10 points or fewer. Uh, other girls basketball notes, Conquer Christian 4-0 in its first and only season playing Division Two. They played D4 two years ago, D3 last year, D2 this year, and they're moving up to Division One next year. Um, CCA has not played since December 19th, but will be back in action Friday night at Sanborn. Also in D2, Cobrown Brown beat Kingswood on Wednesday, 55-14 to move to 2-2. Two and two. And John Stark beat Lebanon 42-27 to move to 3-1. and one. In Division 1, Concord is 1-3 in after losing to Keene 60-52 on Tuesday. Uh, the Tide play an important home game Friday night against Spalding. And in Division Three, Hopkinton is now 6-0 after being newfound 51-15 on Wednesday. The Hawks host Kearsarge, which is 4-1 on Friday night. Both those teams matched up back on December 21st. Hopkinton won that game 44-32. Yeah, no, I just a couple things about the girls. Um, you know, uh, John Stark, I was very impressed with in the Capitol Classic. I think they're a team to keep an eye on. Um, they had they had good shooters, um, and they also have uh Eleanor, I think she goes by Ellie um Girardet, maybe is how you say her last name, Gerard with an E-T on the end. Girardet is my best guess at that um who just plays really well inside you know she's she's a matchup nightmare inside and and scored a lot of points there but she also was you know knocking down threes so just a great player um for john stark definitely a team that uh, i would be keeping an eye on um one of the highlight conquer girls for winning the capital classic um, built a big lead early and held on um, despite scoring just two points in the third quarter uh, Whitney Valent um, the tournament MVP she led the game uh, she led the tide offensively uh, and defensively in that one it was really fun to watch her play she created a lot of turnovers and was just all over the floor um, you know disrupting MVs MVs offense uh, and Hopkinton is six and zero with a new coach. Mike Mahoney, who's taking over for a longtime coach, last year's Division Three Coach of the Year, Pat Roy. Um, so I, I think you know Hopkinton was a team that would you know was expected to do well. Um, I don't think anyone had pegged them to you know be this good, given some of the players that they graduated and having a brand new head coach and a lot of changes. Um, Kearsarge was for a lot of a lot of other coaches had said, you know, Kearsarge is the number one team. That's, you know, the team to beat. Um, and and their only blemish is the Hopkinton. So I, I'm very curious to see what happens in that Hopkinton-Kearsarge game on Friday. Uh, I hope to see Hopkinton girls play at some point. Uh, I mean, you know, with all those changes, you know, new players, new head coach, and they're still 6-0, and beating very good teams um, on the way, I think, bodes well for them moving forward. So that's all the basketball news for you right now. There's certainly a lot of it tonight. Also want to talk some hockey. We'll start with boys. Uh, Bo beat Nashville North Sauhegan 6-5 on Wednesday to move to 3-1. and one. Play The Falcons play at Wyndham on Saturday. And then an interesting matchup with Concord uh, on Wednesday next week at Everett Arena. Concord 3-0. Uh, the Tide have not played since December 20th when the when they eked out a 2-1 win over Exeter. Um, Concord playing on Saturday at Pinkerton before the Bow matchup Wednesday. But then um, 
you know, conquered a team that, you know, we, we've, we talked a lot about last year on the podcast, they had won three straight division one championships. They come up short last year, losing in the semifinals. You lose Brooks Craig, who is probably the best player in the state. And, you know, Concord has, has, I don't want to say not skip the beat because they're a different team, but they're off to a three and start, but they did finish fourth in the Brian C stone Memorial Christmas tournament. So Maybe a little bit of reason for caution there. I mean, one of the things that stood out to me, I covered their first game of the year, 5-1 win over Wyndham, was they looked really good. I mean, they won that game 5-1, to one. Wyndham, a team that that has high expectations this year from what I've heard. But Concord looked, made it look easy. They do have a lot of young guys, so maybe some growing pains here and there. But um, it, it was a little bit surprising to see them finish fourth in that tournament. But again, it's early in the season and Concord's also been dealing with some big important injuries. So yeah, healthy yet either. It's also a very competitive tournament. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the top teams from division one that compete in that, in that field. Um, Concord had a lot of different players contribute a lot of different players in the score sheet um, in, in the third place game where Concord fell to Exeter. They, you know, had a lot of different players um, getting, getting on the board. I think, you know, what that speaks to, you know, beating Exeter before the holiday break and then losing to Exeter, you know, just over a week later in the third place game, you know, you're going to have to bring it every night. There's a lot more parity in division one than there typically is. I think most years you can kind of highlight, you know, Concord, Bishop Girton, Bedford, Exeter, maybe as, okay, these are the four teams, you know, to kind of keep, keep an eye on. And that's not the case this year. Um, you know, you know, Hanover that was winless, Oh, and three was in the championship game, um, you know, of this tournament, uh, you know, so I think, I think it just speaks to the level of, of depth um, and parity within that division. And you just have to, you have to perform every night um, in division one this year. There aren't any, you know, there aren't any gimmies and then similar to Bo. I mean, Bo is three and one, but Bo's also, you know, lost Bo, Bo was seventh in that, in that holiday tournament. Um, and you know, they've had to come from behind, you know, they've blown some leads. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a deeper league this year. There are no gimmies. Um, so you just have to, you know, play consistently every night. And I'm glad you mentioned also just Concord having a bunch of contributors. Cause that's what Dunk Wall said was, you know, the previous couple of years, they could just, you know, count on Brooks Craig to, to carry the load. I mean, he, Brooks accounted for, I think, nearly 75% of Concord's goals or assists last year, which is just crazy. Um, but now other guys need to step up, and they do have some players that, that have looked promising. But as you said, it's going to need to be you know, a different group every night because there's some good teams that they're going to be playing. And the game against Bo on Wednesday should be interesting because Bo's a team that's trying to take that next step to get to a level that Concord's been at. Concord trying to show that they're still at the, the level they've been used to uh, achieving. So uh, that should be an interesting one at Everett Arena on Wednesday. Also in boys hockey division three, Pembroke Campbell beat Hollis Brookline Derryfield four, nothing on Wednesday. So PAC is four and zero this year, outscoring opponents 17 to three, and they will play Belmont Guilford, which is two and two on Saturday a team that it also just beat in the Brady Sullivan Christmas tournament championship game two nothing last week. And then in girls hockey, just a couple of updates there. Uh, Concord girls lost to Pinkerton seven, nothing on Tuesday, the tide now one and three. 
This is a team that's been very up and down so far this year under new head coach, Kate Billings. Um, you know, I, I saw their, I covered their first game and their third game. The first game was a four, three loss against Berlin, Gorham Kennett, uh, four, three, and then an eight, nothing went over Salem a week later. And then you see a seven, nothing loss. We did. We have talked before Dan about how the parity in girls hockey is not quite where it is in boys hockey. So you will have those results where you win a game by eight and then lose by seven within a week. Um, but, or a couple of weeks, but um conquered a team that that still hasn't really found its footing uh starting out the year one and three yeah i mean it's still early and and it's hard to really look at one game as as a key measuring stick given you know the the various levels of play within uh nhiaa girls hockey still one player though to pay attention to on conquered freshman grayson aren't She's been really, really good. She had a hat trick in that eight nothing went over Salem and had two goals in the season opener. Um, Concord will play Manchester Central Memorial West on Saturday. Um, and again, one and three on the year, but still lots of hockey left to be played. If memory serves, they they started a little bit slow last year too, and then kind of came on in the middle and end of the season. So certainly a long way to go for Concord to improve. The other Division One team in the area, Bishop Ray Trinity Londonderry, two and two after a seven nothing loss against Oyster River Portsmouth on Wednesday. So not a great week for the two local girls hockey teams. Dan, any other updates people should know about in NHIAA sports? I mean, you know, really just some quick snapshots from the other other things. Um, Concord and Bow Wrestling are both undefeated in dual meets, picking up big wins. Last night, uh, Concord with a 61-12 to win over uh, Nashua North. Bo did something that I have never seen in wrestling. Bo won every – Bo had a shutout. Bo shut out Kearsarge 78-0 to um, in a dual meet. I think Kearsarge wrestled tough in a lot of those uh, bouts, but just couldn't couldn't get any wins, and you only get you only get the points if you, you actually win the match. Um, Adler Mora of Bo, uh, a senior, picked up his 100th career victory. He won by pin in that one. Um, I don't have any results from it. Um, I've heard that Bo won uh, the tournament it went to in Middlebury, Vermont over the break. Um, so that would be really the only notable tournament um, uh, results that, you know, that we have uh, from, from recently, but uh, all the area teams doing very well in duels. Uh, John Stark lost a close one to South. He gave John Stark. I think that was their first loss in dual meets um, otherwise. So definitely some things to keep an eye out for there. Alpine skiing is finally underway. There have been a couple of races. I just got some results from the Concord Alpine uh, race that I have yet to go through, but uh, Alpine is happening. Nordic, there was one Nordic race on the books earlier this week that was canceled. Uh, Concord has a race scheduled for Friday. We'll see if that race happens. I know last year about half of the Nordic schedule was canceled uh, or shifted to a different venue um, where uh, so they could be at a venue that could actually sustain snow uh, or had snow, uh, which we do not have any as of yet. Uh, although that might change this weekend, uh, I've heard uh, we might get uh, I've heard anywhere from one inch to 11 inches. So I don't know. And we'll we'll find out when it gets here. Um, and then swimming and indoor track are in progress. Those championship meets just five weeks away. 
uh, you know, and Eric, you said at the top of the show, it, it, it winter is a really weird season because, you know, we had division four basketball only happening for about two weeks uh, while the other basketball divisions gradually filter in. So you get really one solid week of most teams competing and then you get the holiday break. Um, and now we've got, you know, hockey and basketball seasons, you know, that are still really in the opening quarter of their seasons. And, you know, skiing is just starting and Alpine ski championships are going to be in a month. So it's, you know, winter is a very weird, is a very weird season to cover. Um, but there's a lot of different sports um, and things to keep an eye on. So I'm excited to see how it, how it shakes out. It's uh, you know, it's a new year. We've, you know, got a lot of uh, interesting storylines to follow and uh, some good things to come. Definitely lots more coverage to come, just getting back into the swing of things. And we've talked about a lot of good area teams, so there should be a lot more to write about and talk about in the coming weeks. Let's get to my interview with Pembroke boys basketball coach, Mike Donnell. Here with Pembroke boys basketball coach, Mike Donnell. Mike, great to have you back on the podcast as we hit uh, the new year and uh, a couple months of exciting basketball ahead. Thanks, Eric. Proud to be with you. Happy to be with you, and I hope you had a great holiday. Thank you. You as well. Um, so I want to start, uh, you guys have had a couple notable games that we'll talk about in a little bit, but I want to start with just you know where you guys are right now after what happened last year, of course, making it to the Division II championship game, losing to Pelham in a close one. But then you guys graduated nine seniors, and you've turned around this year, and you're off to a 3-0 and start, um, including a, a huge win over Bo that we'll talk about in a second. Um, what, what do you, what's been the key just to you know, having all these new guys come in and, and have so much success right away? I think the first word that comes to my mind, Eric, is chemistry. Um, these kids have been playing together since they've been in the fourth grade. Um, our JV team was 16-1 and one last year. Um, and you're right, we graduated nine seniors, we graduated four starters. Um, with a lot of teams, that's called a rebuild, and uh, at Pembroke Academy, it was just a retool. Yeah, and, and I think what makes it particularly impressive is that, you know, there's, mo as you said, most schools are not able to sustain the level of success you guys have had. It's still early, but the level of success you guys have had so far after losing that many players. Um, but I know one returner that's been very helpful, Joe Fitzgerald, uh, has had a great start to his senior season. Uh, what, what's impressed you most about him and some of the other guys that have stepped up so far? Well, Joe's, Joe's a true, just a true leader. Um, Joe is all about team. Um, he works at his craft hotter than anybody I have ever seen. And I mean that when I say it. Um, he, takes the, he takes the game very serious. He wants to play it at the next level. And, um, you know, when we're doing uh, sprints, Joe's first. When we're doing drills, Joe's like another coach on the floor. Um, he's just a great team player. Um, he, he can shoot from anywhere on the floor and make it happen. He makes great passes, um, and he plays solid defense. He's been, uh, he's been a catalyst, uh, to say the least. Um, I think he should be in the running for player of the year. Uh, definitely a team one, uh, state uh, state team one player excuse me and um and like you said it's it's already early it's just early in the season but uh he's off to a great start and i expect him to uh continue his ways 
And talk about some of the other guys that uh, that you've been impressed with so far that maybe didn't play as much of a role last year but have gotten a lot more playing time so far. Well, Evan Berkeley is our point guard, and Evan um, played very, very, very sparingly last year, uh, but did see time in the championship game. And uh, I think that was great experience for him. Uh, Evan, Evan just brings a level of excitement. Um, he's a great shooter. Um, he is daily getting better at playing defense, and he knows that's what he needs to do for us to, you know, go to that next level. Um, he's a tri-captain, and um, he just he does all the little things for us. He's got a great attitude. Uh, one of the kids I'm most surprised about right now is junior Devin Real. Um, Devin's coming off a 20-point game uh, yesterday, which is his best ever game at any level. And um, he just plays with a lot of confidence. Um, he's got he's got a very good reach. Um, he's a great rebounder, and um, he's developing into a shooter. And uh, that's good for Pembroke Academy because one thing we can do is shoot, and if you can add another one, that just makes us more dangerous. Also, uh, sophomore Javian Sinclair. There's a name I want you to remember. He's only a sophomore. Uh, Javian's probably around six three. Um, He's, up. he's playing center. He should be a forward, um, but on our team, he's playing center. Um, he re- rebounds as good as anyone, and uh, he's got a real nice shot, and he knows how to move without the ball. That has created him a lot of opportunities for Joe to get him the ball in the paint, which he's turned into easy layups. So he's an exciting kid to watch. Uh, we got Jacob Mather coming off the bench. Uh, Jacob would probably be starting in a lot of other varsity programs. Um you know, again, he's a good shooter. Uh, he plays at the guard position. Tri-captain Mason Gagney um, is just starting to put his season together. He missed, if you remember, Eric, last year, he was out the whole season because of shoulder surgery. And um, coming back at the beginning of this year, he's been fighting illnesses. So the kid just can't catch a break. But uh, he started showing uh, signs of life uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to see Mason break out this year in his final season um, to really help the team. And then there's a lot of other kids that, uh, you know, that step up and have roles. They know what they are. And, um, you know, Brady Bovere, Paul Rechner, um, Zach Bemis, uh, you know, it's a deep team. It is definitely a deep team, Eric. And I want to dive more into something you mentioned just with shooting. Um, you know, you, we're recording this on Wednesday day after you guys put up 93 points in a regulation game against Bo, which is just crazy. I think you guys had, what, like 30-plus points in the first quarter of that game. Um, like, Yeah, and we, and we scored 34 points in the first quarter yesterday. Yeah. Um, like, what what makes you guys such a good shooting team? Because, you know, as you as I'm sure you know, like, most schools in this area may have one really good shooter, two really good shooters. You guys have so many options on the floor at any given time. It makes it so hard for defenses to key in on somebody because inevitably somebody who can shoot is going to be left open. I know when I coach against teams like that, you got to pick your poison. Um, you know, you got to come up with a game plan. And then a lot of times what you need to do as a coach is see who the hot hand is in the first half and then you know make and then make changes you know uh you know develop a different strategy going into the second half of the game um you're right i mean our our guys come out hot um we shoot the ball a lot in practice we do shooting drills uh, where we have them hit 90 shots uh with layups in four minutes 
Um, and if they don't do it, they run. Um, so we really, we really work at the craft. And um, we're very fortunate to have guys that are not only good shooters, but they're confident shooters. And they take, even when they miss Eric, I have to say 80% of the time the shots they're taking are literally good shots. So, yeah, we're pretty blessed. So you said 90 shots in four minutes? Yeah, there's a, there's a star shooting drill that we do where it, it, it involves three balls. One guy dribbles down the middle. He's got to hit a layup. Then the other two guys are charging down the floor. They get passes from the other baseline. When they catch the pass, they got to shoot. And we got to put an accumulation of 90 points uh, in four minutes, or we run 17s. Got it. So, you know, you look at you look at what happened against Bo, and, you know, again, it's still early, but Bo looks to be a team that may be not best in Division Two, but one of the better teams in the division. To beat them by 20-plus points and score 90 or more, like, what does that tell you about where you guys are at this point in the season? What does it tell me? That's that's a tough question. What it tells me is, is our potential is there. Can we make a run? I think so. Um, could we be there in March? I hope so. Um, you know, both are pretty damn, pretty damn good team. Uh, Jake Ridden is probably one of the best sophomores that I've seen in years. Um, they have some size, which we don't. We lack size. So we've got to play tough on defense. But I think that we're really in a good place. You know, hopefully we'll stay healthy. Um, I think the kids playing together are only going to get better as the season goes. And, um, you know, it could, be an, it could be another exciting year for Pembroke Academy basketball. Yeah, and you guys have a big game on Friday that I'll get to in a second, um, a rematch of the championship from March. But before we talk about that, Mike, I wanted to ask just about uh, the holiday tournament that you guys played in the Capital Classic. Uh, you guys came in third, lost to Concord in overtime in the semifinals, and then beat John Stark in the third-place game. What are you able to take away from that experience and playing a Division One team like Concord and, and, and not winning the whole thing? Well, you know, that's a good question, Eric. And, you know, yeah, we played Concord and lost in overtime. You know, we played Nashua North, Nashua South, and Exeter in preseason games. We lined up all our games against D1 teams. So going into the holiday tournament, it wasn't a surprise for us to play a D1 team. Um, we knew the expectations were going to be a little bit harder. But, um, you know, we played that game really, really well. Maybe didn't catch all the breaks we would have liked to have uh, probably had, but our kids never quit. We took them to overtime, and uh, I think you can take a lot out of losing a game like that and use it to benefit your team at practice. So all in all, I think it was a great experience. And then, as I, as I just mentioned, big game with Pelham coming up Friday. They're undefeated 4-0. They're widely expected to be a, a team that has a very good chance of making it back to the championship game. W what's the message to the guys going into that, and, and what are you hoping to see from them as you guys host uh, them on Friday night? Well, my message to the kids is not as important as the message that the kids have been giving to me. And these guys can't wait to play. Um, and it's not like a revenge game uh, in any of their minds because all those guys have graduated. So these guys just want to show Pelham that they're as good a basketball team as they are. And they're looking to be able to compete Friday. You know, it's going to be a little bit different because we're playing at home. Pelham's a tough place to play. And, uh, you know, I, I, 
you know, I don't want to say this, but I think we match up very well against them. And I honestly and sincerely believe that if we stay with the game plan, if we do what we need to do, if we hit our hit our shots and we play defense, I think we come out of that game with a win. Mike, anything else people should know about uh, where Pembroke boys basketball is right now? You know, Pembroke is a great school um, with a lot of good athletic programs, but I've always said since I've been, when I started coaching there on the Rolosa in 2012, uh, it's a basketball school. You know, we have a great basketball program. Our reserve team and our JV team are loaded. Um, our middle school programs are, are really good programs with good coaching. Um, what I want people to know is if you want some cheap entertainment to bring your kids out to see a game that's played the way it should be, come to Pembroke Academy Friday night. Uh, the varsity plays at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to see two of the best teams in the state of New Hampshire going head-to-head in D2. Definitely can uh, can validate that. It is a it is one of the cooler high school uh, uh, gyms to take in a basketball game around here for sure. Um, and you guys always have uh, lots of really great players to, to watch as well. So Friday our, certainly should be exciting. Yeah, our student population motivates our kids. I mean, they come, they, they're loud and they're proud. That, you know, they're not negative. They cheer on their guys. And uh, our players feed off stuff like that. And then when you see the parents that come and the alumni that shows up and coaches that have retired and college coaches, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great event. Well, Friday night should be exciting. 7 o'clock tip-off, Division Two Championship rematch. Although, as you said, Mike, lots of lots of new players getting a chance to play in this one, so should have a bit of a different feel to it. Yeah, the boys, the boys, the boys have very, very clearly told me last year is in the past. This is all about us in this season and our team, and they're looking forward to that challenge, Eric. All right, Mike, Pembroke boys basketball coach, thanks so much for joining the podcast. It's always great to chat and learn more about the the boys this year. Look forward to seeing you soon, Eric. All right, Dan, I think uh, you and I have both been in agreement that uh, it's always impressive to see how Coach Donnell is able to connect with his players. You you had mentioned you saw a lot of that in the in the holiday tournament. We saw that a lot last year with the with the team that he had. Just the guys really, really buy into him. He connects well with them. He he works at the school, so there's obviously that benefit there too. But um, it just it's always great to see when stuff like that happens because it doesn't happen as much as we'd like it to. And, and when it does happen, I think it's it's worth acknowledging when you see a coach like that who who's doing things the right way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then Pembroke, you know, they're they're working really hard and I think they've got the right attitude that, you know, they they're they have high expectations for themselves. But, you know, but they're they're putting the work in and and they will know, Hey, we, you know, we just scored 93 points in a win, but we have, you know, we have stuff to do, you know, that's not the goal. That's the goal is not to score 93 points in a game. The goal is to, you know, have a championship at the end of the season. Um, so is Mike Donnell, is he, is he the most interviewed guest that we've had? Is he I our think, first, I think is he our I first three time interview? I think he's the first three timer. Yes. Him and Dennis Pelletier, I think, uh, and, and Jess, Jess DeRo- Kaufman DeRochers, I think, are big three uh, guests 
uh, going back and forth for the most most interviews on the well, when when you when you get to championship games like those three programs do or make deep platforms. <laughs> this is true. More chances to get on the podcast, I guess. Uh, but thanks as always to Coach Danell for making some time to join the show. For Dan and Tori, I'm Eric Winston Lobel. Thanks for joining us on this first episode in 2024. We'll be back next week with more on the Monitor Sports Podcast.